All right. Well, Reggie, we got uh, RJ on the line. What do you want to ask him? It was my day one. I didn't know anything about commercial real estate. Should I come in commercial real estate or wholesale? What would you tell a newbie? One thing I always tell people not to wholesale because that's like butterfly and roses stories. People say they make so much money and they can get a lot of initial capital with no capital involved. And I'm just not a believer in that. I'm going to say, that when you do network, you have to be able to take that constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to be humble and actually listen to the messages that these mentors or people that are in the space that are doing things you want to do are telling you. This is the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Briscoe. Now, this podcast is designed for the aspiring apartment investor and literally gives them the opportunity to ask the questions that will help them get to the next level. So if you're an aspiring apartment investor, this podcast is for you. Now, this podcast is brought to you by the Tribe of Titans Multifamily Educational Community. It's your one-stop shop for learning how to succeed at apartment investing. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. I'm your host, Brian Briscoe with Streamline Capital. Very excited for today's show. It's an Ask the Expert episode, and I got two great people on the line with me today, both of whom I met at the GOB Network Conference in Chicago a couple of months ago. Introducing to the podcast nation, we've got RJ DeLeon and Reggie Hart. Welcome, guys. Hey. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. As tradition... Uh, we're going to bring our experienced guy on and put him up to the plate first. So, RJ, let's uh, let's chat a little bit. Do us a favor and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, for everybody out there, I am a multifamily syndicator, a capital raiser. That's where I'm going. I have raised for some syndications outside the multifamily space as well, but really cut my teeth on the two to four unit two to four unit multifamily in Chicago, mm -hmm. Chicago here. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, what were you doing before multifamily or, sure. or did you start out of the gates doing multifamily? <laughs> I wish, I wish I yeah. look young, but I'm actually almost 40 years old. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, back when I was younger, I really wanted to get into real estate. Mm -hmm. So I, actually was studying to get my real estate license back before I was even 21. You have to be 21 to get the license in the state. A couple of bad things happened. So I actually didn't end up getting my license until I was 35, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I started out as a commercial real estate accountant. So my educational background is I have a master's of accounting science from Northern Illinois. And mm -hmm. I work for large firms like Jones Lang LaSalle or mm -hmm. Golubin Company. I also work for Resnick Group uh, doing financial audits of IDA and HUD uh, operating properties. So fast forward, accounting mm -hmm. wasn't for me. I was very personal. I like getting out in the space. Mm -hmm. So then I got into corporate sales. Mm -hmm. I spent about six years in corporate sales, and that really gave me the comfort and the level to work with executive level and C-suite um, 
C-suite people out of Fortune 100 companies. Mm -hmm. So I think that gave me a lot of confidence and got me out of my comfort zone and then circle back to um, to real estate. My wife is 100% the reason I got into it. Mm -hmm. I met my wife and it was off to the races after that. Okay. Awesome. Now, now, what was it? Uh, I mean, you met your wife. I mean, you're already interested in real estate. I mean, um, sure. what was what was sparked that? I mean, what was it specifically that uh, got you motivated at that point? Sure. So um, I've always been goal oriented, whether or not I continued forward with the goal. And actually, oddly enough, my goal at the time was to meet somebody I wanted to marry. Mm -hmm. um, and I had no other goals other than that. I was, you know, making really good money, city of Chicago, blowing it every weekend, just hanging out with friends. And I met her. I knew she was the one. And, um, you know, we had a conversation four months into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And she said, I really like this relationship. Where do you see it going? Mm -hmm. I said, well, I like it too. And she goes, no, no, no. Like, I don't ever foresee myself working nine to five the rest of my life. I want bigger dreams, goals, ambitions. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I like real estate. And she mm -hmm. said, me too. So honestly, it was her putting that back into the psyche mm -hmm. and into the cycle that, hey, there's something bigger out there. Mm -hmm. So together, we educated ourselves and relied on each other as a support system mm -hmm. to jump into um, real estate, real estate investing. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I think just giving you a little bit of a gentle push and some encouragement and uh, got, you, got you restarted and, and reignited things for you. So it's awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, congratulations on on finding the person that uh, you wanted to marry too. I mean, that's, <laughs> Thank you. that's also pretty cool. So, um, so let's talk about some of the the commercial real estate uh, deals you've done or the, the multifamily deals you've done. And um, sure. if, if you got one you want to highlight, let's talk about it. Sure. Um, so we own uh, about 87 units now, mm -hmm. two in syndication. Mm -hmm. I'd really like to to rewind a little bit to how we got there, because our, our our first three plaques mm -hmm. we bought very green, had no idea the amount of work that went into it, and sort of felt underwater. I actually mm -hmm. quit my nine to five job to focus on the rehab. I was actually on the way out. Uh, we it was a mutual uh, dissipation of, of that mm -hmm. partnership there, and. Um, you know, I, I realized quickly, hey, I can't do this by myself. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder than HGTV makes it seem. Mm -hmm. And my networks were really the reason that I was able to accomplish and we were able to accomplish and achieve the appreciation and seeing that project through. So mm -hmm. throughout that, I actually built a construction company. So met a lot of great contacts. I ended up building a construction company because from the very first deal, I knew construction, stabilization, maintenance, rehab, everything in between was really how you make or break your deals. Mm -hmm. So I went down that rabbit hole. I built a million dollar construction company in three years. And uh, in that time, we rehabbed a three-plex multifamily. Mm -hmm. It was $650,000 worth of rehab and just narrowly escaped it because it was 
beginning of COVID, contractors had to leave because COVID. Um, you know, the city of Chicago buildings department was shut down. So that project extended from about nine, 12 months. We thought it was going to be to over 16 months. Mm, wow. So, um, but that's just to rewind and say, you know, I, I found opportunity and understood that one of my passions in, in real estate was the construction, construction management, mm-hmm. the repair maintenance side. So that helped me bring value to the partnerships and the relationships where we've syndicated 70 something units. And that was really a culmination of being in the weeds for three years in construction mm-hmm. and realizing I gained a lot of experience. But meanwhile, my hopes and dreams were really dying because what we were really trying to do was scale the multifamily mm-hmm. portfolio. Yeah. So because of that, we we found it was a soft spot, a sore spot, and we knew we had to build relationships and partnerships because again, like the first threeplex, you can't do it alone. And that's where we connected with our group today that we syndicate out of. It's called Connect Real Estate Capital, mm-hmm. and that consists of three other partners that have helped us scale and raise money and we're learning and growing with and we have hopes and dreams to you know end up being you know a private equity firm yeah. someday all right i love it i love it so start started with construction built a construction company and you know now now you're bringing that expertise and and something that i've i've noticed you know we we've, we've done a couple of these podcasts before but uh, I think people who come from related fields, you know, have a, a much better start in multifamily. I mean, you you did you've done construction management, you've built a company up, you've rehabbed units, you know, and now when you're doing a value add process, I mean, you're you're the perfect person to have on the team, you know, to to make sure that part goes smoothly, the construction management piece. So, um, you know, congratulations on that successful, you know, construction company, and you know, so far the successful success you've had in in real estate. So thank um, you. Now, one, one question. I mean, I know you're a Chicago area. Are all of your units currently in Chicago? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which leads to where we're going to next. Currently, mm-hmm. all of our projects are in Chicago. We did one flip in Plano, Texas with a mm-hmm. partner who's actually part of the Connect Real Estate Capital Group. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're looking to outside markets and actually may have a new raise for uh, new single family homes in Austin, Texas. All right. All right. Love it. Love it. Um, so let's let's go into detail about one of these deals now, if, if you're ready for that. And we can talk uh, sure. talk specifics. So you pick your first or your favorite or just one you want to highlight and uh, let's talk about it. Sure. Uh, I would say let's talk about the 18 unit we okay. syndicated out of Brownsville, Chicago. There was a lot of nuances to that deal, a lot of mm-hmm hair on the deal and a lot of missed opportunities there. So this 18 unit was actually part of a 33 unit package deal on two buildings. Mm-hmm. And originally through the walkthrough, we one of the buildings was on the prestigious Michigan Avenue. Mm-hmm. And but it was beautiful, gorgeous. And we walked through the units and we said, whoa, this throws our underwriting way out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't simply purchase these two buildings and 
and meet our um, underwriting analysis because of all the extra work that we're going to have to do on this building. Mm -hmm. So we actually dropped that side of the building and only purchased 18 of them. Mm -hmm. Well, come to find out less than six months later, they sold that building for, I think, three to 600,000 more than we were in contract for. Wow. So that's one of the things that I want to talk about with missed missed opportunities and, you know, just we all make mistakes, Every, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but that's one of those things. It's high risk, high reward that mm-hmm. if we would have moved forward with that project, we would have been sitting uh, with three to six hundred um, thousand more equity from the day we purchased. Yeah. So now um, now hindsight is twenty twenty, but right going I mean, going back to that that initial decision, I mean, sure. knowing what you knew then, would you have changed anything? No. So that's another thing we would not have, because at the time it was the right decision based on (laughs) our risk tolerance and how we were underwriting the deal. Originally, when we got the T12 and we're looking at the expenses and some of the value add projects, um, you know, it was significantly less than what we came to find out when we walked the property. So mm-hmm. absolutely not 100% no, um, but and that's one of the biggest points, right? You got to yeah. continually move forward. You can't dwell on the mistakes that you've made or decisions that you didn't make, mm-hmm. and you got to continue to push forward. Yeah. You know, I, I would say any property that we looked at or put an offer in, you know, in t- 20, 2019 or 2020, you could say the same thing on, you know, we, yeah. we came in second place on a lot of offerings. Um, and any one of those would have been an amazing deal at, you know, a hundred thousand or $200,000 more. But I mean, you, you don't know, you don't have a crystal ball. You don't know what the future holds. So uh, I, I think, I think the smart thing is to just, have a criteria and stick with it. You know, whatever your criteria is, you have your 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 own risk tolerance and your reward expectations right. and stick to your criteria, you know, and you you may miss out on a couple of deals, but you're not going to have any any lemons. You're not going to have anything that uh, goes right. south on you. So that's um, a great point. You have your buy box. The one of the things that a lot of new investors do is they end up getting emotional about the deal mm-hmm. or they go outside the parameters of their buyback box and their underwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they say is within their risk tolerance. And yep. that's what leads to a lot of trouble. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, cool. So um, one question I'd like to ask everybody, it's it's about motivation. Uh, what is your big burning why? Sure. I love this topic because I'm turning into a mindset guy mm-hmm. and I always ask the whys and it significantly changed once I had my son. My son's 10 months old now, 10 and a half months old, and it really significantly changes because you could talk about having children, you could talk about what you do in a situation, mm-hmm. but really being there in the situation changes everything. Yeah. His smile being able to spend time with them, being able to build that relationship and that family bond is really my burning why now. And it's really adjusting my focus and what I do in the field nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, 
having kids changes the game and you know we we've got more than one and i'd say each new one does does definitely change things for you but uh i i do find you know most people you know when you when you look at what uh, motivates people family is usually the number one answer so yeah um you know, Reggie's Reggie's probably going to blow us out of the water and come up with something completely different on his <laughs> why. Yeah, he's shaking his head. No, I'm prob- probably family as well. But uh, um, all right, RJ, last last question for you. What do you sure. got coming up next? So, the I think this is going to be the first time in a really public forum that I'm going to say this. So, the wife and I are looking to pick up and leave Illinois. Mm-hmm. We are hoping and have plans to buy a RV mm-hmm. um, and travel across the country to satisfy both family time, travel mm-hmm. time, seeing the United States. But at the sole focus and point is we are going to travel to other real estate markets mm-hmm. to connect with other operators so that we could actually shake hands, look somebody in the eyes, mm-hmm. attend other RIAs and meetups to build those relationships so that we can scale uh, what we're trying to do and get outside the Chicago market. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. You know, you were saying is everything in Chicago? Yes, everything's currently right in Chicago now. right now. And that's why we're breaking out of the box. We're doing something unconventional. Um, and you could do it one way or the other, but this is what's going to make us happy. And at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's about happiness while pursuing your goals. Nice, nice. So you guys are going to be physically present in what with with the RV, you can be physically present in whatever real estate market you want, you know, which is nice. So uh, nothing beats if you're looking for deals, nothing beats having an active presence in your market. Uh, You're able to react a lot quicker. You know, when brokers send you deals, I mean, first of all, you can sit down with brokers and face to face meetings are always better than, you know, Zoom or phone call, but uh, you you can build those relationships. And then when the broker does have a deal, you can get there quickly. You know, you can, you can respond quickly. You know, it's not, uh, let me see when I can book a flight. Oh, I can get there next Wednesday. You know, it's, (laughs) I'll be there tomorrow. What time can you meet me? So exactly. Lots of, lots of goodness there. So, well, good luck with that. I hope you, I'm, I'm sure your, your family will enjoy it. And it's, it's probably going to pay a lot of dividends, you know, throughout uh, the coming years. So thank um, you. that said, we're going to shift gears a little bit and bring Reggie on. So Reggie, welcome to the show today. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing just fine. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So me, um, kind of like him, but I actually went to college. Um, I, I took business management. That's what mm-hmm. that's was my start. Um, and property, uh, my, my, I minored in um, project management. Mm-hmm. Um, from college, I ended up getting into um, building um, single family homes. So I built mm-hmm. over 200 and actually managed mm-hmm. the projects of building over uh, 200 single family homes on the carpenter side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's where I got my start at as far as the real estate is concerned. And from there, I went to uh, I opened my own property preservation business mm-hmm. um, after opening my own property preservation business. It kind of failed because I was doing really well, but I didn't actually have a plan mm-hmm. um, from there. I end up getting into sales on the sales side, uh, mm-hmm. kind of switching tracks, getting on the sales side. 
but actually it was a telecommunication company that actually came to Wisconsin because that's where I'm originally from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin, the cheese state, Green Bay Packers, go Green yep. Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we, I end up, you know, getting on the sales side, they gave me um, district manager of this store and mm-hmm. I end up taking one store to 12 stores, over 12 stores. Nice. So, on the sales sides, I was uh, one of the top sales people in the country as far as in the telecommunications aspect. Nice. Uh, got tired of that job because it took all my time from my family. Uh, my mother ended up getting sick. Uh, she moved to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and I ended up following her there, taking care of her, uh, and took a nine to five. Yeah. Uh, from there, COVID came, lost my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, got back interested into coming in as an investor on the real estate, kind of looking at the YouTube thing, like a lot of other people. And um, actually uh, did my first uh, wholesale deal after I was practicing for a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it took me about a year to do my first wholesale deal. After that, I decided I needed a team, end up getting hired by Capital Virtue, uh, doing their wholesale through their wholesale company within six months became the acquisition manager uh took down 12 contracts the first a couple mm-hmm. of months i was there uh and got interested into met somebody in the gob network got yeah. interested into the gob as i was wholesaling i was running into these big uh apartment deals but didn't know what to do with them i'll go and say oh i got a good deal because it's coming from an investor that's telling me it's a good deal but i don't know what is a deal or what's not yeah. a deal uh, so I, I kind of took a step back from there for about a year and was educating myself through the GOB network and taking other educational uh, programs. Um, as of right now, I'm in contract for a 68 unit actually in Springfield, Illinois. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm coming a long way now. <laughs> so, so you're you're in the southeast and you know investing in Illinois and RJ's in uh, Illinois looking to invest in, in other markets. So, um, oh yeah. Yeah, nice. So Reggie, uh, what's what's your big burning why? My big burning why is my mother's death mm-hmm. uh, six months ago. I was telling her, you know, she really believed that I could make it in this real estate game. And um, it was a couple of times where I had to go to her because I was ready to give up, not, you know, getting nowhere, feeling like I'm not getting nowhere, everybody coming down on me. And after her death, it just spark fire in me. I'm like, no giving up. I'm just keeping my head down and continuously moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, Reggie, we got RJ on the line. What do you want to ask him? So RJ, what would you tell a newbie that's coming in? How I know a lot of people say network. What is your number one thing that you'll tell them? If it was my day one, I didn't know anything about commercial real estate. Should I come in commercial real estate or wholesale? What would you tell a newbie? One thing I always tell people not to wholesale because that's like butterfly and roses stories. People say they make so much money and they can get a lot of initial capital with no capital involved. And I'm just not a believer in that. Since you already hit on the first topic there about networking, I'm going to say, that when you do network, you have to be able to take that constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to be humble and actually listen to the messages that these mentors or people that are in the space that are doing things you want to do are telling you. 
what I hear a lot from people is, and I've even heard it about myself, where people walk away from conversations and like, that guy's cocky, that guy, you know, that guy just told me what to do. And they have this sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, maybe it is a delivery. I know sometimes I'm brash with my delivery, but it's the message to listen to, to be humble and take that constructive criticism while you're going out there to network, because these guys have been there before. I look at it just to drive it home. I look at it as a parent, uh, a parent child syndrome, right? Because we hear messages and if they're said a certain way, you just think that they're an adult telling you what to do. And yeah, sometimes it is in the message, but at the basis of it, we're all parents. We just don't want to see our children get hurt. And we're, it's coming from a place of a, a good place. I hope I didn't talk too much on that. No, I, that's that's perfect, perfect length for an answer and a great answer too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And there's a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas and a lot of times where people give me advice. And then, you know, six months later, I'm like, man, I wish I would have listened to him. That's priceless there. Thanks, RJ. Do you got another question? No, RJ, I didn't have another question. I was just, you know, uh, cool. I like just the way that how you and your wife are, you know, coming out the box and networking and everything like that. I think that's my next thing to do, learn how to network a lot better and marketing. I guess I do have a question. What yeah. are you doing for marketing sure. right now? So for marketing, actually, Brian had mentioned being at the podcast booth at the GOB Network, sponsored by Groundbreakers, by the way. Yep. I was actually able to interview Jay Scott, and the whole purpose of that was talking about brand marketing. And it's really just putting yourself out there, not putting up a persona, but letting people know what you're doing in a very humble, integrity-driven way. So during that podcast, I was telling him about how I made the transition from RJ, the guy at the bars, wasting all his money every weekend, but everybody knew me as that guy, a nice guy, somebody who would always go out of his way to help. So I didn't have to change my persona. I really just had to change my message. So mm -hmm. don't change who you are. Be, be completely truthful and unbashedly yourself. And that's what he said, because other gurus do it, but it's so hard to like switch on and off different personalities <laughs> yeah. when really at the end of the day, you want people like you for you and you want the purpose to be able to help other people, not to be selfish with your goals, but look to help others. So mm -hmm. that's a big thing. I'm all over social media. I just spoke with another gentleman, did a 30-day challenge, was able to raise $6 million in 30 days by doing a social media challenge. And he was saying, hey, I, I got on there sometimes and all I did was talk about how it was COVID testing mm -hmm. or something, right? Yeah. Just being yourself. So that just all goes back to being yourself. I didn't want to drop his name because... Uh, don't want to name drop and also don't have his permission. So yeah, I'll add on to that. I think that's absolutely key is, is being authentic and people will see, people see through you when, when you're not being authentic, you know, and it may take some, make take a while. The other thing is, as far as marketing is, you know, one thing that I, I've started to realize is you, is you have to continue to elevate 
You have to continue to do better. And one thing I've been looking to do is to get onto bigger and bigger stages, you know, and it doesn't have to be real physical stages. I mean, met both of you guys at the GOB network conference and I, I was on a physical stage there, but the podcast, you know, so every, every podcast episode I, I release we were averaging about 500 downloads per episode. That's a pretty big stage, you know? And and LinkedIn is another place that I do a lot of my marketing. And I, I'm to the point to where, you know, when I put a post on LinkedIn, it's seen by a couple of thousand people just for posting how my day's going, right? So part of the marketing is like RJ said, you got to be authentic. I think when you when you're authentic, when you open yourself up people appreciate that because a lot of people are going to realize, hey, I feel that way too. And don't be afraid to to be a little bit vulnerable when you're on those stages. But end of the day, you, you try to refine your message. You try to get on bigger and bigger stages and you try to attract more and more people. Be the flower that attracts the bees, you know, not the not the guy running around with a net trying to to, to catch them. Yeah, that's 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 my two cents on 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 marketing, you know, Add it, add it to RJ's, you know, so be authentic and uh, refine your message and get on bigger and bigger stages. And that was definitely good knowledge. Thank you guys. Thank both of you guys. Um, I don't have any questions. All right. Awesome. awesome. Well, we'll wrap things up right here. And uh, one last question for each of you, RJ, you get to go first. How can listeners learn more about you? Yeah. So I actually started my own podcast where mm-hmm. Brian has been a part of that. If you want to hear his story and his message, it's called Mindset Matters with Mm -hmm. RJ DeLeon. And we dive into not only the real estate operator or entrepreneur's background, but we also talk about the difficult things, the limiting beliefs and the negative self-talk that goes on at any stage of success. So Mindset Matters and uh, find me on Facebook just RJ DeLeon. I'm most active on there and I'm also on LinkedIn. All right. Sounds good. And we'll have a a link to his Facebook profile, LinkedIn profile and podcast in the show notes. And uh, Reggie, same question for you. How can listeners learn more about you? Yes, you can definitely find me on Facebook at GOB Network of Atlanta. Uh, That's our Facebook group. Please register. I'll be on Clubhouse every Friday. Um, I do underwriting um, for commercial real estate, Atlanta, um, on, on Clubhouse every Friday at 6. Definitely look out look out for me on Instagram. And if you're in the Atlanta area, um, we're definitely having a meetup. Um, we're going to do that every month. Um, the first meetup will begin October 15th up here. So be on the lookout for that. I'm posting it all on my, my Facebook page. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for that. Very much appreciated. And if you're interested in contacting either of these two gentlemen, show notes is where to go. So anyway, hey, thanks guys for coming on the, the show today. Very much appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast by the Tribe of Titans. If you're still listening, you obviously liked it. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. And then make sure to check out our YouTube channel, which incidentally has a ton of video content that you'll also enjoy and learn from. Now, if you're interested in being on the show, 
go to our website, diaryofanapartmentinvestor.com and fill out the questionnaire on the website. And for more educational content and for more information about our educational community, check us out at thetribeoftitans.info.